Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like... But you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our first live podcast. Um, As you can see, we're still working out some details, but we're super appreciative of all of the people that are joining us uh, here today. If you don't know us, my name is Jessica Fiakovich, and I'm here with Andy Cagnetta. We are the co-hosts of The Deal Board. The Deal Board is a podcast um, that talks all things about buying and selling businesses. And if you're not a listener, you can subscribe at any of your favorite podcasting uh, apps, but also on the dealboardpodcast.com. We release new episodes every other Wednesday. And we have at least 80, or we're about to release our 80th episode. And we have covered many, many subjects. And we've talked about buying and selling businesses in different industries. We've had interviews with uh, individual entrepreneurs. And out of those 80 episodes, except for maybe the last two, we never imagined we'd be in a place like this, right? Two months ago? No. And even, I mean, we do have two episodes that we talk about COVID and the stimulus. I, I don't think Andy and I ever thought it would get to this point. Um, and it's it's affected a lot of businesses across the, the country and the world. But really today, we wanted to talk and pivot a little bit about opportunities that it's creating. And really, there's a huge opportunity for buying a business. And for some of you out there, that might be like counterintuitive. Like, why would I buy a business in such an uncertain time? But today's episode, we're going to talk about why now is the perfect time to buy a business. Yeah. And why now is because we've been here before. We've seen this play before in the economy. Uh, Certainly not maybe at the extent or the severity or the maybe the V shape that this be, but you know we've talked before about we've been here through 9/11, the dot com crash. We've been here through the economic downturn. Individually, areas of the United States and the world have been through this uh, through natural disasters. So we've been through these kind of times before. And what we always see, what we always see, is that the government and people are making moves to to stimulate the economy. And what happens is, is that everybody will look back at this time and said, I should have bought now. Yeah, you can read lots of articles that some of the best companies, some of the wealthiest individuals are made during downturns, during recessions, during depressions. I don't know how many of the Fortune 500s were made during a depression or recession, but it's a big percentage of them. So today we're going to cover a brief overview about how buying a business works. If you haven't listened to our episodes before, then we're going to go through why now is a good time to buy a business. That's going to take about 25 minutes total. And then we're going to open it up to Q&A from the audience. So if you're participating with us on our Zoom webinar right now, there's a Q&A button in your footer. And you can submit a question at any time that pops into your head when we're going through things. And we're going to cover those questions at the end. Yep. And so like, let's dive right in. Let's talk about buying a business. I mean, so buying a business, when we talk to business buyers, you know, the first thing you have to do is commit. You have to understand that you're going, this is a process. It's not an easy process. If it was easy, everybody be doing it. Uh, It's very rewarding at the end, but you have to commit yourself that you have the capital, that you're going to spend the time doing this. It's almost like a full-time job committed, you know, going out and finding a business. Yeah. And it is a a scary process, but, you know, especially now if you're sitting in a seat where you've been laid off or you're in unemployment right now, um, one major driver for most of our buyers is that buying a business and owning your own business is more secure than having a job. So, you know, right now too, if you are sitting in that position, it's actually an opportunity in and of, of itself as you have the time. So just a brief overview about how buying a business works. Um, There are businesses listed for sale. We get that question a lot. Like you can actually buy a small business. Yes, you can buy a small business. We've sold businesses from Andy. What's our smallest deal? Probably like 
five thousand dollars. Yeah, literally five thousand dollars to you know fifty million. Yeah. So you can buy a business of any size. And if you go back, you can listen some two of our really um, good and well-requested podcast episodes are about valuation. And we dive deep into that. So we won't cover it here, but all businesses are priced as a multiple of earnings. And it's actually not that much. It's about two times as the average. So once you find a business that you buy, you negotiate the deal. And then what's the next step, Andy? Well, you know, you have to, you have to negotiate the deal and you have to get it under contract and then do due diligence. You have to understand whether the representations of what the seller and perhaps the broker, and hopefully you're working through a broker uh, intermediary to help you with that. So you're going to have to get your team together. And one of the members of that team is a CPA and an attorney. Right. So through that due diligence process, you'll work with your team. It's basically like an inspection process. You get to verify anything that the seller's broker, that the seller has represented about the business to make sure you're comfortable with the deal. And then once the deal's done, everything closes and there's a training and transition period. So, you know, you have this like little short-term marriage with the seller of operating the business together for a number of weeks or months. So you're not just left out in the cold. You do have somebody to hold your hand through the first few months. Yeah, and I would imagine that in these times, uh, sellers might be, you know, one of the good things about, uh, and I don't want to jump right into the why this is a good time to buy, but one of the good things is that sellers may be extra motivated at this point in the, you know, in the economy. Yeah. So actually, let's jump into why now is a good time. Andy, Why? what are some of the reasons? Let's start with the first reason you think now is a good time to buy a business. If you're trying to time yourself in buying a business, uh, and you're looking at paying a multiple of earnings, usually those earnings are what's going to happen in the future. Well, the future is somewhat uncertain right now. And, you know, while a lot of people are predicting that we're going to have like a V recovery, you know, we base the valuation based on past earnings. Well, past earnings are not indicative of what's going to happen in the future. So sellers may be in a position where they're going to be much more amenable to a lower price. Right. And oftentimes I've heard Andy, you've talked about this. There's not a whole lot of buyer's markets in the history of business brokerage. And this is an opportunity for a buyer's market where yes, you could get better multiples um, or pay a lower price for the business, but there's really good opportunities for flexibility on deal terms too. So a lot of the businesses, when we sell them, there's a component of, you know, how you pay for the business is cash, sometimes bank financing, but a big component is seller financing where the seller loans you to the money to buy the business. So right now, besides getting a, a good multiple on the earning, you could also have better and more favorable deal terms as a buyer. Yeah, certainly the sellers are going to have to deal uh, and there's going to be, and we'll talk a little bit more about financing in a, in a minute or two, or maybe our next subject, uh, but SBA financing during economic downturns before you've talked, you talked a little bit about buyer's markets, right? So there was a buyer market after 9-11, there was a buyer market in 2009, 2010, and very, other than that, 25 years of doing this, it's always been a seller's market. And during a seller's market, the sellers kind of really can dictate the terms. Well, now the buyers may be able to dictate the terms and seller and seller financing will be more in place because the this time, I mean, during the economic downturn, SBA basically disappeared in 2010, 2011. The banks were out of the game. Everybody was fearful. The banks were dealing with their own issues. This time, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but what we're sure of or what we're already seeing is that the SBA and SBA lenders are going to be very busy. Yes, yes. And that's another really uh, a good reason about why now is a good time to buy. There's still a lot of money on the streets. Um, before we entered this COVID crisis, uh, we were in a very accelerated market. Um, each year, more businesses were selling than the year before. The banks were very anxious to lend. And we really haven't seen that change. Yes, they're busy, right? They, they're processing these payroll protection loans or the PPP loans, and they're very busy. But there's still a lot of pressure to get money out on the streets. And acquisition opportunities are really good deals for, for banks through the SBA program. Yeah. And, and we're seeing that the uh, one thing's for sure, the government wants to inject money into the system. And one of the ways they're injecting money is, is obviously through the SBA, two, two ways. 
the PPP, the Payroll Protection Program, and the EDI, uh, EIDL program, the uh, Economic Injury uh, Disaster Loans, right? So they're going to get that money out there. The third way they're going to get that money there is to continue and perhaps even expand, like we did see during the economic downturn, the 7A and the 504 programs. And, and the only thing that will hold those things back is that the banks will be too busy processing PPP and EDI, EIDL loans. Now, I did speak to a few SBA lenders before we got onto this podcast, one like 15 minutes before, and I specifically asked them, uh, what, what do you think is going to happen? Are you going to be in the biz ac, as they call it, biz acquisition business? And he said, absolutely, yes. There are some banks out there that don't do a lot of banking, that are in the BizAct business. So they're going to do their PPPs for their customers first. Then they're going to do it for what they consider friends and family. And perhaps that's through a business broker. So we have those connections. And then third, they're going to continue with their BizAct opportunities. Right. The banks make good margins on these biz, biz acquisition loans. And you have to understand that PPP loans are not making good margins on. So they want to get back to normal course of business. And I've done the same thing. I've talked to a number of the lenders that we work with. Some are processing um, business acquisition loans at the same time as PPP. Some are trying to push PPP through in the next week and then get back to business as normal. But they have every intention of continuing to lend this money for buyers looking to acquire businesses. And another way that's really interesting that the government has pushed through in the stimulus program and why now is a good time is the SBA is waiving all payments on 7A microloans and 504 SBA loans for any loan that's generated between now, well, before now and September 27th of 2020. Yeah, this is an amazing opportunity. Uh, we happen to have like a small uh, pizza parlor that I've, through a friend of a friend uh, that we have for sale. His business, by the way, is up 40% month over month from last year. Uh, he thinks he's going to top out about 60% up this year. And his SBA loan that he had when he bought the business two or three years ago is now being waived for the next six months. So he's, he's in heaven. And so, and on top of that, the SBA, it's not waived, excuse me. It's being paid. Yes, paid. Paid by the SBA. Your loan's getting paid for six months by the SBA. Right. And and also, if you're getting a new SBA loan by September, 3rd, uh, September 27th, as you said, uh, there's going to be no fees. So you're looking at um, about thirty dollars to $40,000 in fees per million being waived. And that's amazing. I mean, these uncharted times. I mean. Right. And on top of that, you know, we have the interest rates at an all-time low too, which affect what interest rate you're going to pay on these SBA loans. So really, and I said this to a couple of the buyers that are looking, I, I've never seen a better time for getting capital out and, and for these loans. I mean, you're looking at six months that we always talk about, there's a learning curve when you buy a business, right? So you've got a learning curve of you know, say three to six months, depending on the business. And think about as a buyer now in that situation, you don't have to pay for the business during the learning curve. It's yeah, and, getting paid by the SBA. And you may be in better shape capital wise than the seller. So you've got a bunch of sellers and we've said this before, are there bad businesses or bad business owners? Well, there's a bunch of bad business owners who didn't plan for a disaster they're going to be up against the wall and there's going to be businesses that have been in business for many, many years that people could come now, get an SBA loan, have capital because they're going to get working capital on top of the loan and they're going to be in better shape than the sellers were to, to wait this out or wait for, I think there's going to be some sort of economic hangover. We could talk about that in a minute. But the other thing that the SBA um, has done is, um, I just forgot what it was. But there's, there's the SBA not only waiving it uh, for, for, for going forward, uh, but uh, I think what they're going to do is they're going to pump some more money into this PPL program, and they're going to come out with uh, ways that uh, business owners can borrow some more money. But this is a huge opportunity for buyers. Yeah, it, 
big opportunity. And, and like we said, we started the, the podcast off with, yes, it's an uncertain time, but it's, it's a one-time crisis. It's a short-term thing. The businesses are going to come back. And if you can, you know, just looking at the first two opportunities we're talking about, you can acquire a business for a much lower multiple than you could have maybe six months ago get better deal terms with your seller. And now you can finance it through an SBA loan where you don't pay for six months and have a low interest rate and no SBA fees. I mean, that alone is is really stacking up, but there's still other opportunities too. Um, We know, unfortunately, a lot of businesses are suffering. A lot of business owners did not plan for a crisis like this, but there are still some solid businesses that are coming on the market. And the interesting demographic thing that's happening right now is that we have COVID, com- uh, the COVID crisis that we're dealing with, but it's also crossing um, a period where we started to see baby boomers retire. And we started to see these baby boomer businesses enter the market. And these solid businesses, now we have a proven uh, set of financials or a proven history that they can survive different economies. And there should be some really great businesses coming on the market in the next few months. Yeah, I th- you know, I think this kind, this kind of event, of this marketplace, again, I, I've used the analogy that it was a ripe tree to begin with. You know, my neighbor used to have a pear tree. And when the tree got ripe, he would come out. He's a big Vietnam vet guy and he would shake the tree and the, the fruit would fall down and all the kids would gather it. This is the buyers, you're the kids. The tree is and the fruit are the baby boomers who have hung on too long. And this COVID crisis is shaking them. And they're scared and they're done and they want to retire. And maybe they're going to sit home with their and want to see their grandkids or move to that island or get that house up in Asheville finally full time, uh, North Carolina or Montana, wherever they're going. And worldwide, this is worldwide, that they're going to think, hey, it's time for me to retire. So I think that's it. And again, you know, if you're worried about banking, there's some questions about banking that people are asking. Uh, During 2010 and 2011, again, SBA was out for the most part. And you know what else was out? Home equity, because the home value had plummeted. Guess what's happening this time? Has has anybody's home equity gone away? Certainly not yet. And if it does, maybe a little bit, but your home equity should be intact. Again, we're not having a banking crisis. And you know what else they did during the stimulus? They're letting you borrow from your 401k without penalty. Yeah. Yeah. This, so the new stimulus package also waived the penalty, penalties on your retirement uh, fees or retirement withdrawals. I think it was up to $100,000, right, Andy? Yeah. And that's plenty to go out and buy a business. Yeah, that's plenty. I mean, you talk about, you know, you can buy a business for sometimes as little as 10% down with some seller financing and a a bank loan. But again, it's another incentive that the government's putting in place. They want money to get spent on the streets. But these, I can't stress enough, the opportunity these baby boomer businesses have, they're solid businesses. They've survived multiple different economies. But, you know, like Andy said, you have businesses and you have business owners. And if you put yourself in this generation's shoes and, you know, some of them are in their, their mid sixties by now, they've got a decent nest egg. They've been through the nineties. They've been through nine 11. They've been through 08. You know, this is just another thing where it's going to push a lot of them out. They're just going to say, you know what? I'm done. It's time. It's time. And and I'm going to move on. And there's, there's about 50% of all the small businesses in the U.S. are owned by this generation. So it's a huge influx of business opportunities for buyers. And, and, and we're talking about individual buyers, but this is also a huge opportunity for synergistic or strategic buyers. And what do I mean by that? that if you own a landscaping company at this point, there's going to be landscapers that need to sell. And if you've done the right thing and saved money and have home equity, you can go out and buy those companies and do a mini roll-up. It's time to do these kind of things. Another opportunity for buyers right now is there's going to be reduced competition. You know, when something like this happens, not all businesses are going to make it. And if you're a strategic buyer, if you're an existing small business, this would be a great time to buy out your competition or maybe buy a customer and do some vertical integration. Um, You know, like we've talked about, you have 
the ability to do flexible deal terms. So this is times when you can use seller financing or earn out structures. And we've talked about that in our, our podcasts before. Um, you can get really creative to reduce your competition and increase your market share as a business owner. Yeah, I mean, it's an it's an opportune time to do those things in a lot of industries. Now, there are some industries out there that are currently kind of winning this game. I mean, certainly anything in the food distribution, anything in e-commerce, anything uh, that, you know, is not dependent on uh, brick and mortar. So I don't know how many opportunities there would be there. There might even be an opportunity to overpay in those places, which you always have to be worried about, right? So after a hurricane, after a hurricane here in South Florida, there was actually three hurricanes in one season. They kind of crisscrossed Martin County, and and what happened was we we wound up selling some businesses a few a couple of years later, tree service to be exact, one of them. And the tree service, you the people wound up overpaying because there was a couple of hurricanes in a row for a few years, and then we went ten years without anything. And these poor tree services really didn't get that revenue that was recognized. So you have to be careful not to buy something that was is experiencing perhaps a huge increase like my pizza parlor in uh, New Haven because the other places have closed around them and now he's, you know, one of the only stores open. I'm not quite sure you might want not want to pay top dollar for that, but he's still willing to sell, so yeah, which is also a good reason why it, why if you're buying a business, it's important to have a team of advisors. They can, you know, especially a business broker can pull comp information for you and tell you what's what's a normal normal multiple range that businesses like that sell for. Um, in Colorado, we've a very similar thing. We have lots of hailstorms um, and actually tornadoes if you're on the Kansas side of the state. And so roofing companies did really well for a few years. We had tons of hail. And then last year we didn't have a lot of hail. So this is just like another phenomenon. And you do have to be careful. We've seen a big uptick in um, janitorial and commercial cleaning services have seen a big uptick of providing uh, additional cleaning services to their clients or government contracts. But just dig into it a little bit further. Um, there are some industries that could ask for a higher price. But if you go armed in with a good team and good background on what businesses in that industry and that size typically sell for, you can still negotiate a fair deal, I would say, in the mo- in most of the time. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, again, uh, the other silver lining in this thing is that there will be commercial real estate space, right? So there's going to be businesses that fail uh, and there's going to be perhaps a glut. Certainly they've been building lots of commercial real estate space over the last 10 years. And uh, what do we always say about landlords and deals? Landlords and deals. You got to love to hate them, you know, but it's been, you know, it has been, it's been a landlord's market for the last, you know, at least five years in most markets, you know, longer in some other markets. And um, they've, they've really been in the driver's seat. And just like we talked about, it's not a buyer's market very often. It's not a tenant's market very often either. And we're about to enter a tenant market where a lot of tenants are going to vacate very quickly. And the landlords are going to be incentivized to keep the tenants they have um, and fill the empty spaces very quickly. You know, their mortgages aren't going away, right? They still have to pay to cover their spaces. And not only that, I mean, so... You have the opportunity to go out and buy a business that might have a year left on their lease or might have two years left on that lease. Go back to that landlord during the assignment period, cut a new five-year lease. And we saw plenty of people do this in 2009, 2010, and 11. Cut a new lease that will cover you for five years, maybe even an option period after that at a very good price. This could be a huge amount of money to you going forward. Also, in the landlord uh, game right now, there might be some landlords that wind up with assets. Now, we talked a little bit earlier about two times owner benefit. Well, what you may see out there is asset sales. And if you're, I saw one question from someone who's a chef, you may be able to pick up a restaurant that was highly successful, that somebody just couldn't wait it out. And people are used to going to that neighborhood, used to going to that establish, and you could open a restaurant in that space and get it for a great deal. 
And we do a lot of restaurant asset sales. Um, and I think there's going to be even better deals. But I mean, we've seen restaurants where people put hundreds of thousands of dollars into the build out and they don't make it and we'll sell them for $50,000, $70,000. And I think you're going to see a lot more opportunity specifically in that space. So Andy, yeah. before we jump oh. to questions, is there anything else, any other silver linings or really big benefits for buyers right now? Well, I, I just, you know, uncertainty is good. I, and I hate to say that, um, you know, and listen, uh, there's certainly plenty of bad news out there in the world as far as the medical world. But as business owners and as small business people, it is our job to go out there and have the small business economy be ready for all those people who are working so hard in the medical world to have places for them to go enjoy and shop and get ourselves back. So that's kind of our job. I see that as as our job. And as a buyer, um, listen, it's it's time to have guts. So the last thing I, I'll say is uh, it's an opportunity for people who want to take risk. Uh, and to buy a business is taking risk. And your accountant and land, a lawyer are probably not going to back you on taking risk. And my brother is an attorney and, uh, and, and he's right now, you know, we're working on a, on a small business disaster loan for my other brother who's in the construction industry. And me and my other brother are like, yep, we're going to get the loan. We're going to do that. And my brother's like, oh, I don't think we should do that. I'm like, no, we have to. I mean, you know, so my brother often says to me, he says, uh, I wouldn't do that if, are you, if I were you. And I'm like, but you're not me. So you have to take business risk. And it's an opportunity. It's, it's an opportune time, like you said earlier, how many huge companies were built during the economic downturn? This is your opportunity to get in. How many times we said, oh, if we only bought Berkshire Hathaway when it was just beginning. Oh, if I only bought that commercial real estate or that uh, oceanfront property during the economic downturn. Here's your time. It's here. The beauty about this time is that the guts of the economy, the the foundation of the economy is still very good. So we're not looking in like 2008 when we're like, we have no idea when this is going to end. We we still don't know how long the COVID crisis will end, but it's like we've talked about, it's a short-term crisis and the economy is going to be rebound very quickly. So you have this opportunity where just like the stock market, right? You know, Disney's at the lowest it's been all year. So you get a chance to come in, buy Disney, and the stock market's going to tick back up pretty quickly before we hit another recession, which is probably still another few years away. I don't know. Not an economic expert. Who knows? But it's the same thing with businesses. You can get in, you can buy for a discount right now, and then we're going to see a very quick short-term rebound. Yeah, but even if there is a recession, I mean, if you live in a place like the United States or in any anywhere in the world where there has basically been economic and population growth, which I don't see the population doing a flip turn even, you know, with this, with this disease going around. So if you're in a place where there's population growth, there's going to be economic growth at some point. You just have to pick and choose and, you know, be smart about the risk you're taking. And so, uh, you know, I'll answer the first question that I see here. Has bank loan underwriting changed for buyers? Is it more liberal? Is it more stringent and more cash upfront? I will make a wager that it is going to be a little bit more stringent. Uh, several banks right now are on the sidelines. Um, they're just taking a 30-day pause and they're not going to loan to a business that's currently closed. But it takes like one to three months to get a deal done anyway, right? Exactly. So I, I think this is all just about timing. And, um, you know, they are, look, we saw saw the banks getting a little bit more stringent even before this all happened. But you also have to remember that we we were in, like I said, some of the, one of the best markets for buying and selling businesses than we have been in a long time. So comparing the banking loan process to what we, we had 10 years ago, it's night and day it's still a lot easier to get a bank loan to buy a business than in 09 and 10. Yeah, they're going to ask questions. I've talked to some bankers, like if you're leaving a, a really cush job right now, they're going to ask why you're doing that, right? Why are you right. doing that when um, people are getting laid off? But most of the time when a bank is lending money to buy a business, they're going to look at the buyer, but they're also going to look at the business. And if you're buying a business with good foundation, good history, good cash flow, that helps the process a lot. Yeah. And somebody was asking, are 
SBA lenders, when they pre-qualify businesses, are they still willing to do that? And I would say that I, I think the jury's out right now on how they're going to, we've heard some talk that they're going to take the first quarter of 2020 and perhaps the second quarter and basically throw it out of the valuations, uh, especially if we have some sort of recovery in the third and fourth quarters. Is that going to happen? Time will tell. And I think I, I do see in 2021 that they will, especially if the economy returns to where it is and listen, the stock market's up just on any glimmer of hope that we've sort of reached the plateau of people getting sick. Um, I think uh, they will start doing that. So I don't think they're going to pre-approve loans now. It's going to take some time. And uh, somebody did write that they didn't hear that the uh, fees were waived. I thought that was in the first CARES Act. Um, maybe it's maybe it wasn't in the final. So I'll check on that. And I apologize if I misspoke. But I, I am pretty sure that it is principal and interest they're paying for the first six months, right? It's both. I've actually heard from a couple bankers. Again, um, I haven't read the full Air, uh, CARES Act, but I have heard from a couple bankers that have confirmed that the SBA guarantee fees are waived. So... Yeah. And then there, there's a few other questions too here we'll jump to. Um, so there was a question about the, the ROBS program. So the ROBS program is the rollover where you can roll over your investment in your 401k and invest it in a business. Um, there's no changes that I know of right now for that, but with retirement penalties being waived on withdrawals, that also gives you um, more options as a buyer. So the ROBS program is highly structured. It can be expensive. Um, it most often doesn't make sense uh, for withdrawing less than $50,000. But now with those penalties waived, you can just do a straight withdrawal. You still incur income tax and things like that, but it makes it a little bit less expensive to withdraw from your 401k. So it just gives you a different option for investment. Right. And uh, somebody asked a question about how do you chase valuations when it's free falling? And that's a great, really good question. I would say that... What we might see, again, back to seller financing, is some unique structures in that seller financing. And to bridge the gap of valuation, sellers want what it was worth at the beginning of, at the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020. Buyers are going to want to build in some sort of uncertainty moving forward based on what happened in the first quarter, uh, will what happened in the first, maybe not even the first quarter, the second quarter, is that going to be fair to the sellers? No. Is it going to be fair to the buyers to pay full price? No. So what's going to happen? So maybe there's going to be some seller uh, earnouts that it'll be part of the loan or seller's note will be contingent upon revenues returning to a certain level. You're going to see some of those kind of things. So that's how you basically bridge that gap perhaps. Yeah. And another question is, you know, how easy is it going to be on an SBA loan and kind of tacking on to what you said, Andy, it's never easy to get an SBA loan. You have to have a qualified buyer and you have to have a qualified business. So if you don't have a business um, that's going to qualify for this SBA loans, what's the benefit of this time is you are going to be able, like Andy was just talking about, to use some of those earnout structures, to use some of those seller notes to bridge that gap on the asking price. So it's not an easy process to go with an SBA loan, but I'd say, you know, we're still in a situation right now where it's, I'd say, you know, if we're on good, better, best, we're still in the best situation right now to get SBA loans and acquisitions. Sure. And some, and uh, somebody asked about, if it's a good buyer's market, why would a good seller come to market? And, 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 and the answer is they won't if they're a really good business right now, especially through this economic downturn. But I mean, especially through this crisis. But I think what will happen is, just like everything else, life changes. They want to sell. And so if a seller is convinced, you know, there's no saying that this won't come back in next flu season. There's a bunch of reasons why somebody might want to take whatever, you know, the end of this is and sell into it. Yeah. And I think what you'll see is like we talked about, um, you know, baby boomers, they have personal and emotional issues going on about why they're going to sell. And I always say people sell for personal issues, not financial issues. So they might wait until 
the COVID crisis recovers, you know, they might come to market. I've been talking to a lot of people who are like, well, I'll just wait to come to market until the summer. Well, if we have, and Andy and I talk about this all the time, if we have really good businesses, they rarely even hit the market. We usually have buyers lined up waiting for deals like that. So if you're thinking that's that's the kind of business you want, you should be talking to business brokers in your community now to get on the radar for what they're looking for. Um, Yeah, yeah, those deals are still going to hit the market. It's just going to take a couple months. Yeah, and we have 200,000 buyers in our in our database right now for people who want to buy businesses. And I'm sure their appetite didn't change. And the pros are out there already, right? So I got a call from someone who sold his $100 million, multi-hundred million dollar business yesterday. I got a call from somebody else wanting to do a roll-up in his industry. I got a call from a third person wanting to do some sort of roll-up in the candy industry. So they're they're out there. I mean, they're, they're already, the pros are out there. If you want, you got to be a pro. You got to be a pro. Yeah. Someone asked, um, they've been combing the local brokerage sites. Where else can I find businesses before they hit those broker sites? The short answer is you have to have relationships with the active brokers in your community. Um, you have to be in their databases, have conversations with them. So it's pretty simple. If you go to a website like Biz by Sell, you can see the active players in your community. You can see who lists the most businesses. Um, you can also ask some of your advisors, like your attorneys and your lawyers, who are the most active business brokers in my community? And have conversations with them. Um, right now we're all at home. We all have a little extra time. You can do a jump on a zoom meeting like we're doing right now and just have a quick 30 minute conversation with the most active business brokers in your community. And they'll alert you when deals come to market that match your criteria. Yeah. And somebody talked about, you know, what happens if it does come back? What happens if this coronavirus does come back in next season? You know, we we all sit around and go, what ifs? What if there's another disaster? What if there's another, you know, economic downturn? Well, we just sat around for 10 years and didn't have an economic downturn. And obviously we had an economic downturn right now in the span of weeks. So yeah, is it scary moving forward? Do you have to be a risk taker? Yes. I think, uh, again, that rollout plan, which I'll get back to anybody who wants to, uh, wants to see it, I'll, I'll, I'll forward it to you. But one of the things in the rollout plan that they thought for us to get really kind of comfortable and which will happen, I truly believe will happen, is that there's an effective therapy for treating people, keeping people out of ICU, keeping people out of, uh, you know, certainly out of death's doors. So um, I think that will happen even before a vaccin- vaccination. And I think a lot of people will feel comfortable uh, moving forward and buying businesses into this. We've got a few more questions on SBA. Um, And one of the questions is the U.S. government seems to be pushing us towards banks, not SBA due to high volumes. Do you recommend going to your bank or SBA to get a new loan to buy a business? So for all SBA programs, except this disaster loan, that's a, that's, that gets enacted for things like this, for COVID, for hurricanes or whatever, for all other SBA loans, the SBA does not actually loan the money. The banks do. The SBA provides a guarantee So if you're looking to acquire a business through an SBA loan, you have to go through an SBA lender. And you can find a list of lenders on the SBA website. Again, your team is a really good resource to let you know who's active. Like Andy and I have been on the phone all morning figuring out who's still active in acquisition loans, who's closing deals. So that's a good way to find out who's the best lender to go to. But the SBA, besides these disaster loans, does not lend money. What they do is they guarantee the banks a portion of the loan will be repaid. So that's how that program works. Somebody asked about what do we, we think that will be the effect of trillions and trillions of dollars got, you know, being dumped into the economy. And so I'll only say one thing. First of all, I, I, even though I went to school for economics and uh, I don't partake in uh, being an, an economist, but I will tell you that it hasn't hurt yet. <laughs> and and for the most part, governments have like kind of ignored the whole process. And there's a lot of things as comparative to GDP, whether or not this is too much money into the system. But one thing's for sure. And I think we could all agree that they were already starting to sneak up interest rates, Right. And, and to battle any sort of inflation, if there's too much money into the system, they're going to have to raise interest rates. And I think that will be a danger moving forward. So if you do get an SBA loan, if you do get seller financing, lock it in, lock in your rate. 
Yep. There's another question about SBA loans is, can I do an earnout in conjunction with an SBA loan? And the answer is no, you can't. They don't allow earnouts in conjunction with the SBA loans, but you can do a seller note um, and you can do something called an adjustable seller note too, where an adjustment can be made on the back end of the note. So it, it's it's not an earnout, um, but it can serve the same function. And somebody asked a question about buying e-commerce businesses. Sure. I mean, if you could buy into this, but again, you want to be careful not to overpay. I mean, you know, there are some businesses that are doing very well with this, and it may be some of the e-commerce. And if you have a toilet paper distributor, perhaps it won't be time to, uh, you know, to buy into this. I am reading, uh, just looked at my book. I was sitting there on my desk called The Fifth Discipline, talking about, and they do this beer uh, distribution example, and they talk about, like, how it literally craters it if the if you try to ramp up too fast. So the toilet paper thing is going to be resolved. You might not want to buy something like that. Right. A couple other just basic um, questions here. The name of the program for the rollover for 401k to um, biz purchase is the ROBS program. Um, and you can research that. There's a number of different um, companies that help you enact um, the ROBS program, Benetrends being one of our partners that we use. And somebody asked, why would I list my business now, especially if it's closed? Well, I mean, you might list your business now because you have to. I mean, you just realize that you're not going to survive this. Uh, the PPP program is good for some people. Uh, the one downside of the PPP program is that if you were a sole uh, managed uh, S-corp and you took all your money through distributions and not and didn't pay yourself payroll, you may not get any money. Now, that doesn't mean you can't get a disaster loan, but a disaster loan is, is so far is uh, personally guaranteed and it has to be collateralized with your home. And so if you're not willing to take a bet on your business moving forward or you're just too old and you just don't want to be here, I mean, it's a it's a 30-year loan. I mean, not a ton. I hope I'll be here in 30 years. I know Jessica will be. So, you know, but it's a long time, you know, to kind of take a bet on perhaps a business that you just don't want to go back to for now. So that's why you would list. Yeah. And I mean, going back to people sell businesses for personal reasons, right? So it's not always financial. Um, and, and like I said, with looking at half of small businesses still being owned by our older generation, they may just be done. You know, and, and there's only, look, going through a, a crisis like this, going through a downturn, it's hard. It's hard to run businesses and environments like this, and, and they might just not want to do it again. They might wait a couple months for the valuations to come back up, prove that the business sustained the downturn. But we still feel, um, you know, and I know because we're getting the calls right now of people that are preparing to list their businesses for sale as soon as the economy comes back. Yeah, and, and I, I think that... I think a lot of people will wait. I think a lot of people will wait till this crisis is over. And then, you know, the landlords step up and the suppliers step up and everybody steps up and says, where's my money? And whatever, you know, maybe they didn't qualify for uh, assistance. Maybe they didn't get it. Maybe the programs, I don't think the programs, by the way, the PPP is gonna run out of money. That first tranche of 350 million bucks is going to be gone. I, they've already talked about two and three and four. And there's going to be a jobs act, which may give money to other people and may even give money to individuals. I mean, there are individuals that are going to get money too. So there's a, a, a lot of programs. And I will tell you, so we started this by talking about what does it take to be a buyer? And so if I were a buyer right now, I'd be getting chummy with a broker a good broker, someone who's out there, someone who's in the marketplace, someone who's trusted advisor. And I would start talking to them now. If I was in business right now, and I am in business, I tell you during the economic downturn, I bought no less than eight business brokerages, some of them for zero money down. And so I think you're going to have that opportunity in whatever business you are, I would call the brokers, and yes, my fellow brokers who are on the line, somebody posted a, a question whether or not they should be talking to landlords. Yes, you should be talking to landlords. You should be talking to accountants. You should be talking to lawyers. You should be talking to bankruptcy attorneys and trustees. It is going to be time for us to help 
Again, we're here to help the small business economy recover from this. And part of that recovery is getting people who want to work and have money to the people who need to exit. And that's what we're here to do. Very well put. So I I really hope this podcast um, was informative. If you're a buyer and you're thinking about buying a business, I hope this convinced you now is the right time. Like Andy said, it is going to take some risk. It's going to take some guts, but you're going to need to be informed in the process. So if we can help, um, you can reach out to any Transworld broker at tworld.com. If you have any questions for us, you can visit the dealboardpodcast.com and submit questions directly to Andy or myself. And that also has all 80 of our episodes that you can do a deep dive into. This is actually one of our longer episodes. They're usually 25 to 35 minutes. So they're perfect for, you know, your hike or your walk, your scheduled time outside during your quarantine um, to just listen and inform yourself. But thank you everyone for joining us. And we hope to see you on our next live podcast. See you again soon. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Welcome back, everybody. And for our deal of the week this week, I have Tony Corey with us from our Greenville office. And Tony has a great deal to tell us about. Tony, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about the business? Okay. Uh, Thank you, Jessica. So uh, this particular business was a a couple owned it, and they're looking at, um, at retiring. And they've had it for nearly 20 years. And it was a seafood processing plant. Uh, located on the coast of uh, North Carolina and had a, a manufacturing plant, a wholesale operation, retail operation, and restaurant. And basically, they distributed, uh, they harvested uh, crabs, uh, oysters, clams, flounder, fresh uh, seafood off the coast of, of uh, North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina, and distributed up and down the East Coast. So we were talking a little bit earlier and it was a very well-established business and you were actually um, able to create a competitive buying environment for the business. So tell us a little bit about that and how you ultimately selected the buyer. Okay, sure. We, we had a, we had a significant amount of interest. The, uh, we had it, we had it priced around uh, uh, 2.95 was the listing price and the, the itemized uh, income and expenses all the line items were very clean. The books were extremely clean, and and uh, every every line item was itemized. And uh, in our presentation, we we showed that where no one customer or supplier was more than ten percent of revenues or expenses, and so it was very diversified business. And and we had a lot of interest. I mean, it had a, a SDE of of slightly over eight hundred thousand, and. Uh, with all the inquiries, uh, we actually had two offers come in at the same time. And so, and, you know, since our fiduciary responsibility was to the seller, we, we asked uh, each, each, each uh, buyer to propose a, uh, to give a, their best and final terms and price uh, within a week. And uh, then we had, we had two submittals with one coming in actually 50000 higher than the asking price. That's great. I mean, great for the sellers too, but I know you said it ended up being a really good deal for the buyers as well. Tell us a little bit about how the deal was structured. Did you use seller financing, SBA? What did they go with? Well, we, it was interesting because we did get a uh, pre-qualified SBA approval letter and the buyer uh, was actually approved, but uh, the seller, you know, in light of the the stock market, the uncertainty, he felt he had no debt on the business. So he, he was looking at the interest rate and trying to save the, the, uh, the buyer some money. And at the same time, he had confidence. He owned the building, so he had that as collateral. And basically, he, uh, he structured the deal to where he did a large part of uh, seller financing and over a 15-year period. 
so it was good for the uh, the buyer uh, because they had a, a actually a lower interest rate fixed, and uh, and the seller uh, you know felt confident that he he'd get that uh, at five and a half percent interest. He you know he'd have a steady income stream. Yeah, I mean it sounds like it worked out both ways, and and to have that steady income stream of interests over fifteen years is not a bad deal for the seller. Some extra additional money on top of the purchase price. Well, Tony, it sounds like it's a great deal overall. If somebody wanted to talk to you further about this industry or maybe just the market in Greenville, uh, what is the best way for them to reach you? Uh, they can reach me directly on my cell phone, and that is two five two three four seven nine six zero six. Or at uh, T Corey, K H O U R Y, at tworld.com. And we'll drop that information into the show notes as well. Tony, congrats on this deal and thanks for dealing, uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us on the deal board. Absolutely. Thank you, Jessica. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for listing of the week. Hey, everybody, we're back and it is listing of the week and we have a great listing. Uh, We have Mike Shea from Trans World Business Advisors of Central Florida. And I did see this one come through uh, the uh, sales meetings and thought it was a great one. So, Michael, why don't you tell them about it? Yeah, this is a 30 year uh, lighting distribution wholesale company and it does installation as well. So um, company is located over in Melbourne. Um, right on the coast, which Brevard County and the entire uh, Space Coast is booming with you know, SpaceX and then you know the expansion of the rail system, the high-speed rail, and uh, you know the way Orlando's kind of stretching out. So these guys service everything from Flagler, which is almost up to Jacksonville, Central Florida, so Daytona, Orlando, Claremont, all the way down to Indian Atlantic, which you know, it's a huge swath, but um, they have a nice warehouse. Uh, carrying replacement parts for hard-to-get items. So, you know, where Lowe's and Home Depot are servicing, you know, the the mom and pop, hey, get a 33-watt light bulb. These guys are doing commercial-level stuff, a little bit of walk-in trade, but the majority of it is commercial services. Schools, uh, construction guys, um, maintenance departments of large buildings and universities and military complex, et cetera. Yeah. So great business. Um, has, you know, it's a family-run business. Uh, got a full direct sales force, uh, doing about 3.4 million in sales uh, repeatedly, and the cash flows are almost up to 600,000. Sounds like a great deal. I used to be in that business. I used to be in the lighting business, and I know it firsthand that it's a very good business. Always maintenance to do, always new construction to do, always new technology to install. Uh, there's just tons of stuff going on in the lighting industry, and like you said, the uh, Space Coast is just booming. So. And what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yep, 321-287-0349 is my cell phone. And you can email, email me at mike at tworld.com. And uh, the website is www.tworld.com backslash Michael Shack. There you go. Great listing. Good job. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com.